Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Hey, everybody. Hi, Dan. Hey, Andy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 52 of the Guitar Stories Podcast. Insane. We've made it to over 51. I mean, 51 was my goal, if I'm honest, but to get to 52 <laughs> is one more than I wanted to do. Um, yeah, we've got yeah. some friends here from the chat because I've just been premiering a video with Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum over on their channel. And um, nice. yeah, they've all popped over to us. So welcome if you've just seen me messing around in Henning's garden watching Glenn Fricker have a massage whilst playing some Ibanez headless guitars. Oh, wow. There you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Dan, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. Having a good time. Uh, we have a very special guest here currently in Germany. Cranar is here for some business reasons. So, uh, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. I can't. Cranar, like Cranar like Chilku from, like, from yeah, the yeah, chat yeah. and his YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. Look, Cranar from the chat. And uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. My goodness. Couple things to do throughout the next couple of days. So okay, that yeah. sounds so interesting. That's his excuse for being absent tonight. Wait, means he's actually not going to turn up. He's he's not got internet wherever he's staying. I don't know. He's probably just enjoying a pizza with uh, with his girlfriend. So you know. Oh, okay, oh, that's fair enough. Pizza is the right pizza excuse with for girlfriend, anything. Guitar slash podcast. Mm, ah, comes a close one. It's close. Yeah, I know. It's close. It's close. <laughs> I uh, hear you have some. Do you want to share your personal news this week um, about like the the fu news, like the bad news, the bad news? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I crashed my car. Yeah, why not? I mean, I crashed my car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was silly, like trying to pick up stuff, and then I hit a uh, road. What's that called? Road blockade or something? So construction site kind of thing, and you know everything blew up and blah blah. So I'm not. I'm not injured, so I'm fine, which is good. But my car is like almost totaled, which is a bit of a bummer. But lazy me, it was uh, still having like full insurance running. So I was paying like way too much. But now it kind of paid off that I'm lazy. So I'm getting the car repaired. And hopefully like in two weeks from now, I'm back driving in yeah. my white Ibanez Passat. Uh, firstly, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy you're okay. Obviously, I knew, already knew that, but I'm sure I speak on behalf of most people here. We're glad that you're healthy and, and well. But um, also, I think the moral of your story is be lazy. I, I love the fact that you forgot to <laughs> no. cancel your... Forgot to cancel your um, Morals. No, 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 no. The moral of my story is don't pick up... Don't pick up don't pick up any stuff. If you, if you, you know, if some something drops in your car, just focus on the street and, you know... Yeah, but you know the thing here. You know we're we're here in Franconia, and it's very um, foggy in the morning, and the construction site the lights were already off, and like I could barely see anything in the distance. So those like three seconds they cost me several hundred or thousand bucks basically, and that's a pain in the neck. But anyways, you know I'm okay, and it's it's just a car, you know. I'll give I'll give you two stories that will make you feel better, and anybody that's also crashed right. their car make them feel better. Number one, okay. I once sneezed and drove the wrong way around the roundabout in England and drove into a taxi, who was going the correct way around the roundabout. How about I went, you know, I don't know how I did it, but it happened. I was coming home oh, wow. from my first gig with a, with a new band as well. That was awful. Oh. Second one, uh, my mum did a similar thing to you, and she she picked up a Chinese takeaway from from the, the takeaway place. 
and then it, the curry sauce or whatever it was started to tip over in the front seat of the car and she went to save it and in doing so turned the wheel and drove into a wall yeah so <laughs> what i'm trying to say is we all do it dan and um i just yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe if you listener have done it recently or viewer then um you can join in and let us know that how much fun it is to that feeling you get when you do it and you're okay and you think oh no oh yes yeah. <laughs> oh uh, rafa from from fred Luke just said that someone crashed his car today so i'm I'm sorry to hear that rafa oh no i hope you're well, i hope you're okay it's not a requirement to watch the show everybody calm down Stop <laughs> crashing your cars <laughs> Yeah, I guess we all should we all should gather and and get a ticket to Chile and and get a couple of driving lessons from Valeria. Yeah, save Doctor Dan. That's a T-shirt. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very excited about the show tonight because it's my first real day back in the world of guitar because I've been um, renovating my kitchen slash dining room slash living room, and that is not the person I am. The person that was doing that job which involved power tools and chemicals and respirator masks and a really powerful vacuum cleaner. That's not me. That's, <laughs> that. That's I don't know. But uh, you may have seen on my social media that I was very dusty this weekend. Mm. And um, I can't, I have massive forearms now from the swole, mm. from the pump that I got from holding a power tool for hours on end. Yeah. But I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I currently hold a pick like like it, as a fist. I can't hold it like with the finger. So I'm hoping to get back to guitar playing tomorrow. Oh, but yeah. but like uh, from from zero to one hundred, like how far are now with with the whole renovation process? It's like um, everything's out now. Okay. So all this it's just an empty shell of a room. Um, yeah, it's just an empty shell now with no floor. Like, there's a floor, but no tiles on the floor, no tile adhesive, mm -hmm. no cupboards, nothing. Uh, I knocked down a wall as well, which feels amazing. I recommend yeah. that there should be like <laughs> these classes for like stressed musicians and stuff. If you're feeling stressed about your new release or whatever, that you go and get to knock a wall down with a sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. I think in Germany, there are a couple of places where you can actually like kind of destroy cars, old cars and stuff like that. Oh. So you get like a big sledgehammer and then you can just do whatever you want. So it's for we stress just combined managers. combined our two weeks, Dan. Our two weeks have now combined in that one activity. <laughs> Dan don't need no sledgehammer. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And the Dust um, Vader, yeah, that was that was pretty lovely. Dust you looked, Vader, you like yeah, the, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I've got to give mainly credit to Valeria for that. She, she, you know, yeah. she did that. What is this a home renovation podcast? No, <laughs> welcome we're just, to we're just, Tool we're Time. We're just catching up. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. Um, we've got some picks of the week. Dan, would you like to do your pick of the week, sir? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Dance. There's wow one. what is that it's your pick of the week mate i'm not going to spoil it for you all right so to, for everyone who's listening on the podcasters uh this is the just introduced ibanez so far ibanez japan exclusive iceman ukulele and 
you know the 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 original black one has been around for like two or three years already and that was that was already well received but damn i'm in love with those colors we've got candy apple red on the screen you see now um what's it called some sort of royal blue finish um then it's we have a metallic gray sunburst which is almost like a silver burst if you're into silver burst as pulse that's that's pretty much the same style and uh also the candy apple red that's nice and what i'm digging about those they look like like grown-up guitars kind of they, they don't necessarily look like an ukulele especially if you take like the uh the back view uh if you only see the images that could be like a real acoustic and i was kind of intrigued by the idea of not just having a ukulele but also having like a proper iceman acoustic how's that I have a confession to make, Dan. Okay. When you sent me these photos so that I could put them into the program so we could show them tonight, I didn't notice till embarrassingly late that it was a ukulele, not a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I was just lining them up in the in the in the in the, the program and then I went, uh -huh. my brain went, uh -huh. and then it was obviously ukuleles. I was just so in love with that red finish. What is the name of that red yeah. finish, sir? That is candy apple red. That is candy apple yeah. red. Okay. Oh, it's it's gorgeous, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. And if anyone's listening to this, go and check out either Dan's Instagram or somewhere Google Ibanez ukulele candy apple red because I don't know why, but I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. You know, I'm I'm um, a ukulele player in my spare time, so I I could totally like use one of these. But like I said, imagine this in like full scale as an acoustic six string. Yeah, I, oh, I'd boy. rock that. I also oh, have boy. to counteract this by saying that I once played like a patchwork Ibanez Talman acoustic, mm -hmm. and it was the worst looking guitar I've seen at that point. <laughs> it was just like way before I knew, way before I was you know into all this sort of reviewing stuff. It was just as a guitar player, I thought, what the heck is that? So that's counterbalancing the fact that I really, really dig this. This is beautiful. As, a, as an acoustic, I'd play that. I'd busk yeah, with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the actually the the Tormans, the Tormans <laughs> acoustics, they are they are Artie rather Smudge. popular. Sorry, Artie Smudge, I want to rock and roll all night and ukulele every day. <laughs> 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 so I I know the Tormans acoustics are very popular, but this was like yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was like they found some pieces of scrap wood and threw it all together and made a top <laughs> out of it. Apologies, <laughs> apologies to Ivanes. <laughs> all good. All good, yeah. So, which color would you pick if you if you were if candy you were apple to red? Pick one without a shadow. Candy as far red? as I'm concerned, the other ones do not exist. Um, all right. The other ones, the, the the blue doesn't doesn't appeal to me at all. Okay. You know, it, it just doesn't. The red is so gorgeous. However, I have a question about yeah. what is the color of that? The silver burst one. Uh, the name of the color? It's yes. metallic gray sunburst. That's not a color. It's silver burst. Yeah, but you know, you know how things are. You know, Fender didn't call it Tequila Sunrise Gradation either on their new Fender Mexico strats, right? <laughs> Touche, Touche, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know. It's cool just, I, 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 I kind of like that. I can see that selling a lot, yeah. but for me, it's it's candy apple red all day long, and, and every yeah. night. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Valeria also shape. like silver burst. Okay. There you go. Ukulele Whale says you're... they need to make it in purple burst. Purple burst, nice. I also uh, like Alexis Guitar says, sorry, oh, sorry, I'm 
it's so cool he already makes it his buy for buy borrow or burn wowee <laughs> nice. um dan please fill us on, yeah. on specs namely the price please is this the only spec that you're interested in that's well, the okay, only one i, I care about right now because yeah it would be around like 260 70 ish it kind of depends you know with 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 everything that's going on the i don't know how stable the prices will be throughout the next couple months so like 250 maybe add a couple euros because uh, containers are so expensive at the moment so let's say 270 and you're in the safe ballpark yeah it's a spruce top it's laminated spruce top and okuma back insides um you've got a uh, purple heart bridge and fretboard okuma neck so you know these are they are solid made solidly made and they come with a with a pick uh with a pickup already i think they're using the aeq pickup that's also been used in a couple acoustics with onboard tuner. So you're ready to gig with these beasts. Actually, there's a funny story. One of our one of our reps for Ibanez in, in Germany, in, in the north of Germany, he's having a metal band. And for some like special instances or special occasions, he's like pulling out his black destroyer ukulele. And in that context, it's just ridiculously funny. <laughs> I've just realized how small that's gonna look on me. Yeah, that would, that would look amazing. I mean, like a toy. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to try that out. I'm going to have to take that busking because that just sounds like fun. Oh, my one light has died already. I'm darkness oh, no. already. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's a strong contender for this week's buy at that price. Uh, I know it's it's an Ibanez product, but <laughs> I think that would, that would definitely be my pick, even though it's not even a guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I mean, I was blown away by these two. I just find them so cute. And I imagine my girls also playing with that. How hilarious would that be? Like my five-year-old. There's, there's some more pictures. Yeah, exactly. Uh, kids would love that. Look at the back. How, how sexy is that, right? The it back is, super is sexy. also almost like candy. I mean, it's called candy apple red, but this is the color and, and, and the curves and everything. It's like a like a proper Iceman just being shrunken down to to ukulele hmm. size. So yeah, I, I dig I'm that, digging friend. that. Okay, yeah, I'll allow that. All right, cool. <laughs> Do you want to go to your next one? Absolutely. Paul Reed Smith released yep. a new guitar, and I think it's been 50 years since the Landmark Santana album, um, Abraxas? Abraxas? Yeah, Abraxas. And uh, they announced a special edition guitar with the album cover on top of that. Uh, and that's a limited edition, which comes in a thousand pieces. And uh, so they are commemorating the album, which you know was like it put Santana kind of on on the map for everyone. And it's it's a great album. It's got so many great songs on it, and it's still being bought and played on on a daily basis, basically. So you know, he does what he does, and he does it in an exceptional way. And he's using pure S guitars for ages now. And they every every now and then they come out with a special model. And you know, as a Santana fan, and you know, I'm I'm kind of digging what he does. That was my pick because I kind of think it's one of those limited editions that he could actually play on stage because of the you know the black gloss finish and the natural sides. It, it mm. kind of it's not it doesn't scream Santana at first glance. You know, it's got some vibe to it, but it's not necessarily only Santana. So. I was I was taking that model. What's your you first impression? Any prices on that? Uh, sorry, first impressions. I I love it. Um, I really. I mean, I'm I'm not into PRS that much, but I think that okay. is 
that's fantastic. I say I p- I've played the five nine four as one of the f- the best guitars I've ever played. However, I'm mm-hmm. in that camp of PRS has no soul. So I, I they're so perfect guitars that I feel that I feel they're almost soulless. Um, it doesn't mean they're not good. It just they just don't speak to me that much. But mm. also, I'm not that much into Santana's music. However, I I do like the odd song now and again. And whenever Smooth <laughs> comes on, I, I'm down to to rock and roll. And, and Black Magic Woman, I guess. But outside of those yeah. two, I'm pretty knowledgeless. But that guitar, you said they're doing a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you but, can probably play samba party on those better than any other guitar. I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> I just I just think doing a thousand of those in SE is going to open up to scalpers on reverb. Yeah, I think I, I've checked dealers, and people. these are already sold out widely. Yeah, they're going to be on Reverb.com for yeah. you know straight away for for twice. What is the price? Do you know? I think like 640, 650 bucks. Yeah, euros. you're going to be spe- you're going to be spending two grand on that easily on Reverb. Yeah. This is this is one thing that I was a little bit like uh, I I when I when I saw the initial pictures and PRS is doing a great job on kind of capturing their instruments in a perfect lighting. Um, and then I, I checked out a couple of reviews on on YouTube, and uh, mm-hmm. the glossy finish didn't really appeal to me. So I was thinking. How about a black flat finish for that guitar? Wouldn't that look great? Yeah, you know I'm all about my flat finishes. So if that were matte black, yeah. I think I that think would add a little amazing. bit to it. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm the opposite to when, when companies do glossy things to make them look shiny and more expensive. I actually prefer them when they're matte. I, I mm-hmm. think that looks better. It's It's a general thing for me but um i really like the the cutaway i think the way the cutaway you see the top and mm-hmm. you know the general prs thing yeah. i think that really sells this guitar it, it grabs the eye and then matches the headstock yeah per- yeah perfectly yeah. and are those black tuners they are black tuners right um i think so yeah oh, no, they're, they're like silver black. but they they're Does silver they in that picture and then yeah. they look very black and chromey in that they, that would look better with black tuners yeah. in my opinion yeah fully agreed Matt Black tuners. Matt Black tuners. Yeah. So, yeah. Paul, if you're listening, have a word um, with your, <laughs> your people. Um, yeah, have a word with Santana, who makes each and every one of these guitars by hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I like it. I don't love it, but I'm afraid that it's going to just get eaten up by scalpers, and then yeah, you know, that's not fair. Pretty sure about that. Oh, I feel I feel a little sad for it. Actually, I feel like I should have been more, more impressed. Hmm. It's a nice guitar. I mean, that's why I picked it. You know, there there have been plenty other guitars that I didn't choose. So it's okay. it's quite a good release. Yeah. It's not a bad release. It's just like there's potential to make it even sexier. And I think with adding different tuners and even with the pickup covers, imagine like brushed black brushed pickup covers or something like that. I yeah. think that's a that's a cool modding guitar. Would be a cool. Project. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, important question from Valeria, Dan. What is your drink of yeah. choice today? Oh, Valeria, <laughs> today I'm drinking a Starbucks cafe latte, and this is non-sponsored, but that's just uh, my favorite iced coffee. I don't like <laughs> hot coffee. And uh... why are you laughing, Andy? <laughs> you and your coffees. Me and my coffees, yeah. I like my coffees, yeah, ice... and the occasional iced coffee kind of keeps me awake because I, I didn't sleep too well with all the car hassle or anything. So yeah, I kind of had to get some caffeine to 
still keep my eyes. I, I had open. a I had a real coffee, a normal coffee. It's just as a lactose intolerant person, I'm I'm probably just jealous, mate. Oh, I I didn't um, even remember. Yeah, how 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 bad it. is it? Bad enough that we probably shouldn't talk about it because the mic would pick <laughs> it up. <laughs> uh, and as Valerius pointed out again, it is pumpkin spice latte season, my friend. Have all those you yeah, they want. Don't, they, have they all don't those sell you it. want. They don't. They don't sell those. They only have like cafe latte, a cappuccino, and uh, I think vanilla. But vanilla is not sold in Germany. Here, Starbucks. Hello, Starbucks crew. Listen, I know right. you're you're watching the show and you're listening to, to the podcast. Please, give us vanilla latte in the stores. I don't want to have to purchase only in, at Starbucks. This needs to. And be I a want thing. soya. I want soya pumpkin spice, please. I've never had one for the fear of Ooh. farting my way into November. I think I think there would be a market, especially with all the season stuff that's being sold throughout Halloween and before, you know, yeah. to to sell that just for like four or six weeks and then stop it. So it, it gets that kind of scarcity that people wish for it every every year. Man, we got we got to talk to Starbucks. Can yeah. you I, remind me people. to call Mister Starbucks later? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to pick some stuff. Can I pick some stuff? Absolutely, please. Still makes me crack up. I have chosen this, <laughs> the Boss RC600 Loop Station. Uh, I used to be big time into looping back in the day when I lost all my friends to be in bands with. Um, uh -huh. Some might say I was doing it way before Ed Sheeran was doing it and just after Katie Tunstall was doing it. So <laughs> basically I saw Katie Tunstall doing it with a, uh, an Akai head rush and it blew my mind and had to do it straight away and learned how to do it. And that was a delay pedal. It wasn't actually looper. So it's before all the looping came out. And ever since oh, wow. I've been um, addicted to looping, uh, and I don't do it that much on the channel, but in my personal playing time, I do it all the time, and, and I love it. I have the RC1 from Boss. I have a, a mm -hmm. I have about 10 loopers. I have the Ditto Plus. That's amazing from TC. Mm. Uh, the RC, is it 300 or RC10, the one with the drummer in it? And they did the RC330. The RC30 has okay. the XLR mic in as well. This is the RC600 with super level bells and whistles. <sighs> fill us in. What bells and whistles? I, I will fill in? you in. Firstly, if you're listening to the audio version, it's got many, many buttons and a big screen and a big old HAL-looking computer thing, circle. You've got... Um, I'll throw some specs at you. It's got 99 memories, which is a lot, and most of which I wouldn't use. But... Each one has six phrase tracks. So you can have six loops going within one um, memory. So you can record okay. like a bass, a vocal, um, drums, and then three nose flutes. It'd be amazing. Then <laughs> you can... The good thing, this one's got uh, effects on it. So you've got, it's got 49 input effects along with 53 track effects. So okay. I don't know what the difference are between those two things, but I guess... You can have the input effects going on just the instrument you're going on that on that phrase, and then the track effects can be on the whole thing, maybe like a reverb or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Two hundred onboard rhythms, sixteen drum kits to choose from that will synchronize with your loop. 
A pair of XLR mic inputs, both with phantom power, two stereo line input pairs, and three stereo assignable line output pairs. It's insane. So you, you could route this to a bass amp and a PA and a guitar amp. So you could have different things coming out of different amps. You could put in a keyboard and a guitar and vocals and a bass or a mix from a mixer. This thing is seriously cool for its its um, input and output options. Uh, I'm very, very excited by this. Do you have an image of the back? It's just like hilarious how many inserts you got there. Yeah, I will. Hang on. Well, not that one. Oh, it's up the top. I don't. I don't have any well, uh, picture of the back. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that will do. I, I mean, I think the design is pretty cool. It looks like it's been taken just straight uh, straight from the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. um, do you think it's, it's, it's rather easy to be used? Because it looks complicated. And sometimes over-engineering can be kind of more a hindrance to, to the actual well, process of creating stuff. First, I totally agree with you. And that's why um, I had the RC50, okay. which was the one with the expression pedal. And for me, that, that was kind of this, but without what I feel will be the usability that you're, you're talking about here. Um, mm -hmm. Because I couldn't get on. It's, it's, I couldn't loop. I couldn't be a musician with the RC50 or, fi or 500, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. I, I it was felt like I was trying to to um, control this thing rather than make music with it. So I was just getting a a picture of the back. There's the back there. This oh, one, wow. I want to. if they've taken the the user menu from the RC three hundred, which is pro the latest one with the drum one. The, no, the two hundred. So many RCs. Sorry, I'm talking rubbish. You're probably very frustrated with me now. <laughs> um, but that basically that the screen and the input menu and all the functionality has come from the other new models and they've just made the new models bigger mm -hmm. with more connectivity and i think that's the key to this being new it's not just look what it can do it's also a case of look how easy it is to use um, it's like 17 17 input or output jacks on the back alone yeah, it's insane and also, That's, I recommend wow. you watch the official Boss uh, promo video because the guy, the musician playing in that, is insanely good. And he plays he plays like an electric drum. He play he sings. He plays bass and guitar, saxophone, uh, some percussion. It's really, really, really good. Really entertaining. It's not like a like a product demo. It's a really good piece of music. Uh -huh. What's a, what's the price point for the RC six hundred? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't care um no it's about 500 quid something like that it's okay. it's not cheap um okay. but it could well be uh so 500 pounds about 600 euros something like that it could well be the one looper that you need um, yeah but for i mean for uh, many players it's it's too much yeah yeah i think it looks it looks amazing it's it probably has everything you would ever need but to mm -hmm. me personally, I feel like that the majority of, of guitar players kind of needs a more like a plug and play approach with, with their pedals because, you know, do you usually like want to read hours in manuals and kind of configure everything? I'm a little bit skeptical of it, it. If it might be just like a prestigious, like convenient catch all kind of thing that can do everything, but you don't necessarily need all that stuff. I feel the same with, with my Strymon timeline. 
I mean, this thing can probably beam you from from Innsbruck to 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 Nuremberg or something. But I don't need that. I just need a very subtle ambient ambient sound and, and delay and stuff like that. And, and it's a little bit over engineered to some degree. So yeah, but I think I, I agree. I think the the sort of answer to what we're both talking about here is if you just need a looper to add some stuff in your bedroom or on stage or whatever and you're just playing a ditto looper is or the ditto plus i should say is is my best mm -hmm. choice it's micro format uh it, it does yeah. enough and then a slightly step up is one with a start and a stop as well this rc600 is if you want to make an act out of looping it's if you want to yeah. loop as as your act not not just sort of add it to a rig and oh here's a bit of looping this is the the main brain of your your act mm -hmm. but um i have to, i have to try it but having tried the other one in this series um the 200 if it's the same menu which it must be um it, it it's well improved over the 500 so i haven't spoken to boss about it yet but uh, but i might do all right. Yeah, I I would love to see like an extended review and in and, and see you kind of you know try out all the 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 options that this pedal brings it's, about. See but, me um, my coming words. back, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but coming back to your initial uh, um, story about Katie Tunstall and, and Ed Sheeran, yeah. wasn't Ed Sheeran losing uh, using a RC thirty himself? Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 So rather like simplistic pedal compared to that one. Yeah. So I. Back in the day, I think it was 2008, um, I had a okay. mic and a guitar going into a mixer, which was then subrouted into guitar effects. And then the whole mix was running through the delay pedal, which was running as a looper. And then mm -hmm. back out into the mixer, into the front of house, which is basically when I turned up to shows and there was a sound guy, he would just laugh at me. <laughs> um, and say no can't you just give me the guitar and the vocal mic signal i'm like no because this this thing this is my act what are you doing with it i'm looping what's looping oh i don't know really but it's fun um, <laughs> yeah so now we can you just don't know how easy you've got it these days dan you don't know how easy i hear you you know what this 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 thing actually reminds me of the camper remote it looks a lot like the camper remote yeah the, yeah, like it, the, the layout and everything? Hmm. I like the little silver metal strip as a sort of safety foot switch thing because that's cool. if yeah. you're off doing things with looping, you, you're probably not looking at where your feet are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You well, start, I, I'm excited about it. I, I, I can't really talk, talk about it anymore. I haven't played it. But um, I think that's a welcome addition to the world of loopers. And if you are a looper artist, this should make you very excited. Hmm. cool thing okay i've got what one I more pick and then i think we're gonna do our buy borrow or burn and then talk to our artist here we go yes the next thing is this and there's a video on screen that i can't use the audio from for want of getting told off but it is the manson delorean guitar <laughs> so being back to the future of course it excites me um yeah you know, being the reason I, I thought guitar was cool the first time. But the promo they've done for this with Matt Bellamy from Muse and the boss of Manson Guitars, um, yeah, it, it's insane. Go and check out um, Manson's Instagram. They've got a, uh, it's basically a reproduction of Matt Bellamy's guitar that he calls the DeLorean. Um, All right. However, 
uh, Mu, uh, Mu, sorry, Manson are calling it the DL-0R or OR. Uh, bridge humbucker, uh, P90 in the neck. It's got a ZVEX fuzz factory and an MXR Phase 90 built into it. Toggle, uh -huh. kill switch. Um, it's made of aluminium. Or oh, it's got an aluminium finish, sorry. I don't know if it is aluminium. Probably not. I didn't check that out. But... <laughs> I I just saw the DeLorean in the in the promo stuff and it just got me there. Sold. <laughs> yeah. However, I got, I got a confession gonna... to make. Sorry, yeah. I got a confession to make in the video when I when I first saw the trailer. I thought, is that Captain Anderton sitting there? Yeah, <laughs> that happens a lot apparently, and I I didn't think the same thing, but I could see how you could think that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Cap. Yeah, it's it's going to be quite expensive. Yeah, as in, is that like custom shop level? Well, it's going to be sort of three thousand euros level. So, okay, yeah, I believe so. It's it's, um, I mean, it's a replica of Matt Bellamy's custom shop or custom Manson. Um, and I could go into all the nerdy stuff about all the dates that are mentioned in the Back to the Future style video, um, <laughs> but I'll just briefly talk about them. Uh, there's a close-up on the screen right now, so you can see that it's a Gibson-style tunematic bridge with all the switches that you need to activate the inbuilt fuzz. So it's a guitar with fuzz. Um, there's times on the screen, and this, the time is represented by the time computer from the DeLorean. Nice. Um, and the time at the top is February the 2nd, 2001, which is when Matt Bellamy ordered or received his guitar from Manson. Uh, the, so that was the destination time. So the, the whole premise of the video is he's going back to that time to get that guitar and bring it to the present time, which is October 26th, 2021, which is the release date of the guitar. All right. And then Spoiler as for alert. October, yeah, it's clever. And then October 29, 2016, um, I'm not sure what that refers to. I've forgotten. I was, again, too excited by the DeLorean. Um <laughs> Oh, hang on. No, it's the reissue of the Manson DL1. Okay. What is so there that? was a reissue that? in that date. What was the DL1? I don't know. <laughs> don't put me on the spot like that. I, I gave you the wink, which was... I'm sorry. Don't ask me the question. No, it's it's the court... Um, hang on, the Manson DL1. It's the Matt Bellamy reissue. Okay. Just looking on reverb and and riffing as we four thousand four hundred euros. Okay, wow. so that was but it that was the similar that was this guitar before. All right, looks similar with the P ninety in the in the neck position and the, the I think it's the same guitar. Position. All right, so it's a reissue of a reissue. Reissue of a custom order. Oh, what was that one of, or was that just yeah. available per custom shop? All right, okay. Yeah, it was Matt Bellamy's guitar with the built-in stuff. All right. Yeah, so well, I, I'm. I'm I, like, I don't I like if I dig the, the guitar. I I dig the promo more than I dig the guitar, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, oops. And I'd I'd love to play the guitar just to to play a guitar with the built-in fuzz because they're always cool. Um, do you know? But yeah. does the chord version also comes with built-in effects, or is it just like the plain guitar with with a similar shape and and some similarities? I'm, I've seen a court version which is a similar shape, and it doesn't have the built-in effects. I'm not saying there isn't one okay. that doesn't. Hang on, I'm not saying there isn't one that 
There isn't one that doesn't exist. That's that's weird. I should probably go and learn some English. I'm not saying <laughs> that there isn't one that doesn't exist. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, now, okay. Now it's getting complicated. <laughs> There's but, a lot of yeah. negatives in there. I am saying I don't know if there is one that exists. That's a correct sentence. All right, now I'm confused. There you go. <laughs> you and me both, brother. <laughs> right, let's do some buying, some borrowing, or and some or burning. Buy, borrow, or burn. Right. Um, people in the chat, let us know what you will buy, what you will borrow, what you will burn. The rules are you must buy something, you must borrow something, you must burn something. There are four things this week, meaning that you must ignore something. Um, <laughs> last week, there were lots of people aligning the buy, borrow, or burns. It was pretty much the same, same thing for everybody. So this week... Uh, Dan, I'd like you to I'd like you to guess mine if that's okay first. All right. Um let's just recap for everyone who's who, who kind of came to the show uh, yeah. later than when we started. So we started with the Ibanez Iceman ukuleles. Then we had the PRS Abraxas 50th anniversary SE. Then we had the Boss RC help me 400 500 5 5 what? what? 6 Tell me. Six six hundred. Hundred. Six hundred. And now we have the Matt Bellamy guitar that we have barely any specs of, but with a super cool nah. promo. DL zero R. <laughs> the DeLorean. The DeLorean. Okay. So um I think you would go for the ukulele because it would look ridiculous on you and uh you would like to try that out. So you would buy that. And it's rather inexpensive. You would probably borrow the Manson just to kind of try the fuzz and, and get some of the, the back and future vibes and you would probably burn i'm not the boss i think you probably burn the the se because you've played you've played other se guitars and you already know how they sound and, and feel how close is that 100 percent straight top of the class Damn. got it in one go. however deliberating between borrowing the boss and borrowing uh the manson was very difficult for me but I, I, if they could add another one, I'd like Boss to send me one so I can review it and test it out. That's not technically borrowing <laughs> or buying. I'd like that to be my job, please. That's my job <laughs> section. But yeah, absolutely. So well done. Congratulations. Um, hang on a second. We never get to hear this, so I thought I'd throw it in. Yeah. Throw some positivity in. Dan, may uh, I guess uh, for you, sir? Before I do guess for you, let's go to the chat um, and yeah. see what the people in the chat are doing. Uh, Valeria would buy the Iban uke. She would borrow <laughs> the boss because she wants to get loopy and burn the Santana PRS. Okay. Huh. Okay. okay. Sarang would buy the Manson, borrow the Ibanez ukulele, and burn the boss Lupus Maximus. Always, <laughs> That's a nice always name. Lupus. Lupus Maximus. Someone's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start a Guitar Stories podcast line of pedals. We're gonna call it something the Lupus Maximus, but it's only gonna have one knob. <laughs> Lupus Minimus. Um, Jason Carter would buy the Ibanez Uke, borrow the DeLorean guitar, and burn the Looper. Ukulele. Where else would buy the Iceman Ukulele? Unsurprisingly, borrow the RC600 Looper and burn the DeLorean. <laughs> Fergie in France, burn the Looper. He's gone for the burn first. 
It's too much busyness. Yes. Mm. Borrow the DeLorean, too dear to buy. Buy the PRS and relic it to remove the Santana decal. <laughs> nice. nice. Johnny yeah. Guitarist would just burn the looper. <laughs> no no information about anything else, just that. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> Straight to the point, yeah. I like I like that. No messing around. Alexis Guitar would buy the Iceman Uke, borrow the Manson, burn the looper. Nothing against the looper, just don't need anything that's sophisticated. Uh, Artie Smudge, buy an Ibanez, borrow the RC 5 million, burn the Manson, go back in time and get another one. I like it. Um, Jason Carter has got a good joke. If you combine the Santana PRS and the Manson, would you get a DeDorian? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Music theory jokes. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, now I'm going to guess for Dan. All right. I think you would also buy the Ibanez ukulele because it's great and you could probably get a fairly decent price and you have children that would definitely use that a lot and it would look cool on you. Mm -hmm. I think you would borrow the Santana PRS and I think you would burn the looper. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty undecided about the DeLorean. Plus, I think if you would try to burn the guitar, it would just like reappear because it can travel through time, right? Exactly. It burns cold. Yeah, there you yeah. go. So, yeah. I mean, I, I try out the Santana. Probably not too, not to be not ex too excited, but maybe modded or something like that. But you, the ukulele is the ukulele is cheap, and uh, the Boss Looper, I'm not interested in all that. So, yeah, hundred percent. Great job. Yeah, the boss looper, you need to, to really have that as your main rig. I'm not making excuses for it. I just, I, I feel I understand it. Yeah. I love my Thank Ditto you. Plus anyway. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to bring in a guest, Dan. Would you like to tell us a little bit about the guest before we bring him in? Absolutely. A little, so, a little bit for of episode 52. Sorry? A bit, a bit <laughs> of backstory. Yeah, exactly. Episode 52 brings us Manuel Gardner Fernandez, who is a guitar player and songwriter in Unprocessed. And uh, yeah, I have the, the privilege to also be able to work with him because he's an Ibanez artist. He, I think, has one of the fastest picking hands in history. We sometimes call it the colibri hand because it's it's so fast. He's got a great, great voice. Uh, he's a cool dude. We already shot a couple of videos here at Ibanez headquarters. And I felt it was about time to kind of have him on the show because he and his band just released a great new album, I guess, and a, and a song basically called Rain. And I definitely want to hear everything about how the riff got, uh, you know, how the riff developed, how the song developed, about the great artwork that they are using and about a couple, you know, happenings in the past that could have, you know, had an influence on his career or how he dealt with it, you know, because we all guitar this podcast. We also want to talk about, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, what's, what's going on in people's minds. And I think, uh, yeah, Manu has been through a couple ups and downs already. So, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear, you know, what his recipe is to always keep his head above water. So without further ado, show welcome Manuel. Manuel, welcome. Hello. Hi. Um, oh, hang on a minute. I need to press some buttons. There we go. Hey, what's up? Hey, it's all good. <laughs> Where are you we're right now, Manuel? 
Uh, right now, I'm in my studio uh, slash apartment, and uh, I'm in Germany, uh, my hometown, uh, chilling and writing the record. <laughs> Good. Um, I've got to start off by saying I heard the track Rain today, and it is awesome. And I recognize the riff from previous release from you, and um, we're going to get into it. I'm going to get you to explain it all, but the video, the track, it's it's a beautiful piece of music set to a really arty video, and it's really nice to see that. Um, I, I feel I'm missing that in the music scene at the moment, some art in, in videos. Or maybe I'm not reaching it enough, but it was it was really enjoyable to watch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, you know, I couldn't tell it better. Like, there's there's a lack of art in music right now. Uh, when it comes to, like, you know, uh, progressiveness, I'm not saying that music nowadays is shit. I, like, it's the opposite. I think music nowadays is, like, pretty, pretty, pretty nice. But um, the art thing is definitely something that is missing right now. Mm-hmm. And Dan said that you were releasing an album. Is is it an album what was as well? I haven't reached any further than that track, which I've watched about three times. Oh no, we just we just uh, released uh, two singles, um, Candyland and Rain. So, but there's like an album in in, in the working. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, wait, wait a sec. Uh, I think there's some echo that's also very obvious in uh, on YouTube, Andy. Ah uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting it as well. Maybe Manuel has some headphones he could pop on. Yeah, yeah, sure. I can I can help him with the, the headphones. No worries. Awesome, awesome, cool. Yeah. Um, of course, if you've um come to us via Manuel, then you have some questions. Put them in the chat, and we'll put them on screen. And certainly, if there are any good questions, we'll we'll <laughs> talk about them. Um, <laughs> Super chats will help. <laughs> Uh, super yeah. chat <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so Manu is also also uh, very active on social media i think you're spending quite a couple hours per week uh, on on youtube with your members H yeah, how did sure. that come I about mean, <laughs> uh i don't know like it all started with like instagram in 2019 and uh, you know it's a, it's a great start for like someone who want who want to be seen you know um, but I kind of, I don't know, like I had the feeling it wasn't, it's not for me, the whole Instagram game and TikTok, whatever. And I like, I always felt more comfortable with doing YouTube and, you know, focusing on my band, focusing on just like the music thing in general, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the biggest social media guy, but, uh, so it's just like about making and producing. This is like the main, the main focus for me to do this, you know? So, yeah. So with, awesome. with Rain, if we talk about that for a moment, that started off, I assume, as the riff from a video before. And then did you then build on that riff and then added a vocal line and, and you sing and everything? So can you tell us a little bit how, how Rain came to life? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think I posted Rain 2019, maybe August, maybe something like around summer. I'm pretty sure it was around summer. And... um. Yeah, um, I posted that riff the first time on uh, on Instagram, and then it kind of went viral on like I don't know multiple social medias like Nine Gag or Facebook or TikTok. TikTok was TikTok a thing back then? I'm not quite sure, but uh, something like that. Um, 
So, you know, I'm, I'm like we in process immediately knew that it should be a proper song. And um, we did that, but it took us two years to release that, but different story. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So it took the writing process actually a, a bit longer or was that fairly easy? Did that come together like more naturally and you had a song in, in just a couple hours or, or days? Um, no, like the writing process was pretty easy because, you know, I just wanted to write the, you know, the, I, I didn't want to completely destroy the vibe of it. And, you know, I just wanted to keep the guitar and, you know, some vocal lines and you, the atmosphere and the, and the vibe in general, I didn't want to make it like full rock or full, full metal, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was the, the songwriting process was pretty fast. Um, we had the lyrics because I was sitting down with David in my room because we, we used to live together. And, um, then we, yeah, we, 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 we kind of wrote the, I mean, I told my story is it's like a love song. I told my story and David wrote down the lyrics and then uh, we had the song. Cool. David, David's the bass player in unprocessed. Yeah. Just for everyone who's not aware of that. Yeah. Cool. And Great. so you said there was another story about like releasing. I want to know that story. The one that made you laugh about yeah. you know, between the riff and the song or the finished track, I should say. Uh, I mean, we had like, I don't know, we released Abandoned in 2019. We released the second, uh, the second record uh, with a label on 2019. And we were like a prog metal band and we were pretty heavy. And then we had like this change going on. It was like 2020 and I don't know, like after we had like a place in the niche, like a place in the market in general, I would say, and we're like, uh -huh. yeah, should we continue doing this style of music again? And we were like, no. So it took us a while to actually find ourselves with the new music. So we signed to a new label, we signed to new life agencies, we went on tour. So it took us like two years to, to get there. And um, so this is like the story why I laughed so hard because um, I don't know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be in the position anymore where, where it's taking like two years to release a song after I wrote <laughs> that because, you know, now I'm thinking I could do better. And uh, I think, right. but I think this is like, a, I think this is a common problem, actually. Like every band you ask will say the same thing. Uh, I think every artist, everybody, anyone, anyone creates anything. I mean, I have two kids, you know, I wasn't very happy with the first yeah. one. So I made another one. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, I'm sure I can say the same for you. <laughs> I, I heard it vice versa. I, I heard it the, the way that I say, all oh, right, number two, uh, we're not we're not making any good ones. We should stop right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so. I, I understand with, with the art thing, like you move on. I don't know. I have no idea how like bands that tour an album for two years continue to do that because people change and bands change and life changes. And yet you're still playing the same music and, until it breaks, you know? 
um, yeah. and breaks in, in a good way, not breaks as in broken, but until people start listening. Um, maybe that's why I'm sat here now instead of actually being on tour somewhere. I don't have that attention span. I, I need to move quicker. So it's not something that appeals to me, but two years is a, a heck of a long time. It is. And this is why we are bored of all like old music. Hmm. Like if I would be in a band that is continuing doing the same music 10 years, I don't know, I would not, I, I wouldn't do this, <laughs> to be honest, because I get bored like so fast. Is that, and how do your fans react reason? to that? Sorry, Dan. sorry. <laughs> how do your fans react to the changes? Uh, you know, some people love it. Some people don't love it. It's normal. You know, it's, it's just like about like building this whole process to like a, I don't know, to like a common goal. Maybe like, you know, a few, a few people don't like it and don't, don't come to the shows anymore, but there will be like new people that can that they will come and say, wow, where are these guys? And who are these guys? I want to see them. So yeah, I don't know. Dan, what also you have, ask, uh, yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that it's all pretty artsy, and I think this might also be some sort of means for you to kind of to have that variance and then um, you know that change from every now and then to kind of refocus and only not only be stuck with playing certain songs live and only be reduced to to just like the track, but there's so much more to the overall project of of unprocessed um what was that like very obvious for you guys from the very beginning that you didn't just want to be a band but also wanted to be like an art project with music videos and with a yeah with with just with an appearance that kind of stands out from the plethora of of bands that are out there mm, yeah maybe maybe in the first years but now it was like i don't know like I, I don't know, like it, it was never a thing to be, okay, I was, okay, so we were never like a band that said, okay, we want to, we want to do something completely different than other bands. At first, we, we just wanted to play shows. <laughs> that was the first idea behind everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, it just made sense for us to, you know, have maybe special artworks, special music videos, because the music is just it was progressive metal and everything was kind of dark and melancholic and vibey uh -huh. and uh you know i don't know like and now with candyland and with rain like the music is a bit more i would say easy to understand kind of i don't know so why not the music videos might like why not having like in the music videos, maybe more like more colors and more, I don't know, like, like a story that everyone feels and everyone can understand like rain, you know, like rain is a love song. Everyone has like a story uh, to tell when it comes to love. So why not tell it in the music video? Yeah. All right. Yeah. How involved were you as a band with the production of the video? Was it all done together? And do you have like some arty friends or was it made by a production company? Oh, 100%. Like when it, uh, you're talking about rain, right? I'm talking about rain. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. Um, so we have like a crew of friends, you know, um, actually like our camera guy, he's the same guy as like we did the first music video in 2015. 
and wow. you know mm. like yeah yeah it's insane and he lives in berlin so we we are shooting most of the times in berlin uh which is quite shitty because it's cold and gray <laughs> and huge and every time i'm like i hate this to, to my guts but different story oh, i love berlin and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh really i mean it's fun you know like it, i think it's fun when you're like doing parties and get drunk outside but you know like working there and drive to like the from b to a it's just like always 45 minutes it is always 45 minutes i don't know why it's just like it's <laughs> i hate it okay so um yeah but like we are all friends you know uh leo who is doing my videos all he dip my videos he now moved to berlin this uh piece of shit but um yeah <laughs> he he did he did he did my youtube videos and uh he i think he was the main producer of the music video and you know i had some I had some visions david had some visions and you know we everyone is everyone is involved yeah mm. definitely I guess that that to me, just to talk about Berlin for a moment, that's the feeling I get when I visit is it's kind of punky and dirty, but everyone's kind of in the dirt together. And <laughs> yeah. rather than staying yeah. clean and staying away from each other, like where I'm from, um, people are there in that muck and that blood and that dirt and that beer. And, and somehow from this mess comes beautiful art and not just talking music, but um, art as well, art, <laughs> art. Um, yeah. And that's that's why I like Berlin, but um, we can argue about that another day. I don't I don't live there. <laughs> I mean, so Andy, you're saying I mean, Berl I... Berlin is the mosh pit mosh pit of of Germany, right? That's exactly the armpit of Germany. Yes, the armpit. <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> I mean, I would give it a try. I mean, maybe I would I would go there with like no music video production in the background and just like party with my friends, and maybe I'll change my I change my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Jason Carter is saying Stuttgart is where it's all happening. I think that's oh, where Jason. Oh yeah, actually, living. I heard, I heard that, I heard that actually. Like Stuttgart is the next cool LA in Germany. Wow. Okay. Well, time to pack my bags. <laughs> How far is Stuttgart? Pretty far. It's a long commute. I yeah, was, yeah. I was there like maybe a few years ago. Um, because my ex-girlfriend lived there, but um, I was like there maybe like three, four times. I don't know, but it was cool. Like the, the the city is super nice, but I'm like more the small town boy. Actually, I don't like big okay. big cities. I don't know. Okay, but isn't it Mannheim uh, also like one of the places because of the Pop Academy and all that? Oh, Mannheim is freaking dirty. Holy moly! Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah from not... from that music perspective not necessarily from from what do you what do you get to see there but when it comes oh, to like active I musicians think, yeah <laughs> it could be like i was never a session guy i never did like sessions with different musicians from from pop academy okay. i was uh the la i was the lazy guy there uh, <laughs> what's, what's your what's your favorite place in the world manuel oh i don't know i'm i'm way too young to 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 answer this question but uh like from from now uh oh actually the the place where my dad lives um he lives in uh, uh close to lucarno it's uh uh the lago maggiore like in the Sw mm. italian swiss mm. yeah it's paradise Sounds it's clean. really paradise it's like every every continent 
like every good aspect of every continent in one place. You got like the sea, you got the mountains, you got like everything, beaches. Crazy. I'm not far from Switzerland. I have to write this down. What was it called? Locarno. 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 Yeah. At the Lago Maggiore. It's it's crazy. It's really crazy. All right. So next vacation also, is already pre-booked. Lago Maggiore sounds like a yes. Star Wars place. So that's why I want to go there. <laughs> yeah. Hit, hit me up if you're there. I will. I will. Have Sick. a shower and come down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can we can we talk gear please um i know that you have some guitars around you and i'm sure that people that know you and and have heard your songs would love to know what gear you use to get your tones so your rig what does it mainly consist of it's it's underwhelming um <laughs> no no I'm, I'm serious i'm serious like a lot of people ask me what gear i use and they get the answer and it's like always underwhelming because it's actually my guitar and Ableton in the most okay. cases, because, um, I'm not, I'm not the biggest pedal guy and, um, I never used pedals actually. <gasps> uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's, I'm, oh. I, I'm, I'm kind of the only guitarist in the world that don't own pedals. I mean, I own three pedals now. Okay. But, a uh, tuner? A backup tuner? Uh, no, no, actually, <laughs> uh, a reverb, a compressor, and a, a booster. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, but okay. So, for example, what I did with Rain is, um, it's not, it's not only Ableton. It was was kind of kidding, a little bit kidding. Um, no. Uh, so it is. Uh, it was Rain was uh, that guitar. Wait a second. Was that guitar? Ibanez right. AZ, and it was Ableton, um, one sec, and it was uh, Neural DSP, uh, the archetype Pliny. Um, okay. I used the reverb for Rain, and um, what I do is to get this sparkling effect is I duplicate, duplicate my performance or the track I performed and uh, pitch it one octave up. And in Ableton, there's this super nice, weird effect where you can play with the actual performance and the envelopes of this pitch shifting system. And you can okay. get like a lo-fi kind of destroyed tone out of it. So if you play with it, it sounds like a very analog recording, which is broken. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I used that, and um, funny story to to Rain is, I totally uh, no, I lost the project where I record recorded the original version of Rain. Oh wow! But yeah, but I didn't want to uh, record it again. So what I did is I downloaded. <laughs> I downloaded the version from Instagram. So a really bad recording. This is why it is so grainy in the beginning. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. That is, that is art. Just the approach you've taken so far. Yeah. That's very arty. I like that. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's probably the, 
the the least guitaristic way of doing that kind of things but i don't yeah, know yeah. i i don't think so at all <laughs> i think that's wonderful I also, I also don't find it underwhelming i would have been, i would have been more underwhelmed had you said yeah i used a ts10 with the keely compressor and a fender deluxe <laughs> reverb you know it, that would have been like, okay okay that's very boring but the things you've just said is a different world to what i do and and that opens up a, a new idea for me i i don't have the time to explore that and i won't do it but I at least know that um, the the Pliny stuff from from Neural DSP is wonderful, and yeah, like the method general, you just DSP described is, is interesting. Yeah, in general, like Neural DSP is wonderful. You know, this is, and you know, like now uh, two years later, mm -hmm. I'm using uh, amps again, which is so nice because I'm like the biggest fan of amps. I wasn't, but I'm now because I can kind of appreciate everything more because I know stuff now. I mm -hmm. don't know. <laughs> Um, so I'm using I'm using Synergy amps uh, with like mostly the TDLSE no TDLX module. It's like you can get it like a nice clean sound and a nice like uh, distorted like small distorted sound like like the typical Strat distorted kind of sound out of it. And I combine it uh, with uh, the Cod Cortex that Neural DSP kindly sent me over um, just for the effects. Uh, okay. Which is super nice. Yeah. Um, I have like a question for. May I ask how old you are at first? You can give us a, a rough age or a true age. Yeah, twenty-five. Twenty-five. 25. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> okay, so there's a a kind of thing that I've been thinking about that many young guitar players start with software rather than amp because you buy a guitar that's already a lot of money to invest in a hobby. And then like having like I've got a Mac, I've got Logic, and that was two hundred bucks, and it comes with some okay amps and pedals and stuff like that. Did you start with software? Did you start with an amp? And what's your history with, with gear? I started with a Behringer amp, like the smallest nice. little thing without like any effects. I just had <laughs> distorted and clean. And, you know, I started playing at a very young age. I started playing at like three or four years old with my oh, wow. way too huge guitar. And, uh, you know, was always in front of uh, Metallica recordings. And, you know, I just always wanted to, to learn every Metallica song. I was like, I think at the age of 10 or 12, like I learned every Metallica history song ever. And uh, wow. that was always like my goal. And it was like into Pantera, Iron Maiden, later like the whole new metal kind of thing. And later like then Gent and prog metal. And, um, but yeah, I always used like those, this shitty amp uh, till 2012 where I got wow. my, yeah, <laughs> I wow. know. No, wait a second. No, this is, this is total bullshit right here. I had a Marshall amp. All right. I had a Marshall okay. amp much more before, decent before I got my Ableton. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, then I got into pr production and then I spent it more time, like more time doing productions and mixing and mastering kind of things uh, okay. instead of playing guitar. Um, so, yeah. How how did the connection to Ableton come about? Was there someone who kind of introduced you to to that stuff? Because that yeah. doesn't come natural naturally to someone. 
uh yeah my stepfather he introduced me into like the whole recording system you know wow uh i was 2012 i was maybe 15 or 16 years old mm -hmm. and um so he he bought uh ableton and i had like no plugins or whatever so yeah i don't know I, and I started directly to produce the first process record ever, which sounds like a demo, but it's on Spotify. You can actually listen to my first produced thing ever on Spotify, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, because right. the record is like save that. the the record is from like 2014. It was like my first test mix kind of thing. This is why we are always saying I, I'm not quite sure if it's like the second or like third record of all time by unprocessed because it doesn't <laughs> feel like it because it's like a demo you know but it's like a full length record why not but you know yeah, yeah. is it on <laughs> so, spotify under unprocessed or is it under under you no unprocessed yeah uh and when was it when was the point where you kind of where you kind of developed that that kind of very specific tone that you're known for which is you know rather not unprocessed but very 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 pinpointed towards certain notes and certain resonances and, and, and that, that kind of vibe that it also conveys. Was there, was there like a point where you kind of figured out, wow, that's a cool tone. That's very modern, but still mm -hmm. edgy. How, how did that come about? Yeah. It was, uh, it was during that time. It was like 2015 to 2014. Um, okay. it was like, I always had this, you know, this right hand playing style distorted. And suddenly I was like, why not? doing it clean so mm -hmm. i started tracking di tracks and i was like okay this is so cool because i think this electric guitar sounds like an acoustic guitar with di only effects it's it's mm -hmm. it's like it because you only mainly hear the strings sure so i kept it that way just put on compression and a reverb and um i remember like a member actually like a youtube member uh sent me a video me playing on a gibson guitar uh 2015 where i uh put my first clip ever on facebook in 2015 and it was the covenant riff um covenant is the f uh, is the official first record by unprocessed mm -hmm. 2018 right yeah it was written mm -hmm. in uh, 2015 but it was like okay. the clean version later it was like more brutal but you know <laughs> so yeah i don't know like even if i did like the whole instagram thing in 2019 i did that in 2014 and 15. so yeah this is where i started like the whole percussive yeah. kind of thing so uh, where where does there. that right hand come from because uh i've been trying to work on my right hand and i can't you know i i'm I don't know. There's, there's no comparison. But what players did you come from to get to this style? Did you take from other places, or was it just something you started doing? Uh, I think like the first movements were inspired by I don't know. Like I watched a lot of James Hetfield's performances, and he's doing downstrokes only all all the time. And um, then I watched 
Tosin Abasi doing this thumping thing in 2000, maybe 10, 11, which yeah. is right hand focused. Then I watched like John Brown from Monuments. Uh, yeah. And he has like a very insane right hand, but doing this mainly like a distorted. And then I was like really big into uh, the whole flamenco kind of thing. And ah. like they are doing this with the with with like not a pick. And I was trying to copy that with a pick. And it sounded kind of muddy because I was doing it with like ups and downstrokes. So I started doing this with downstrokes only. <laughs> and it sounded better. Yeah. 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 Can can you can you yeah. briefly show us? Would that be possible? Can we could we hear that to kind of get I that, hope that I, difference? I hope the video connection is steady, but sure. Is this good? Yeah, yeah perfect. Great. It looks great. So yeah, uh, basically, right hand stuff is something like this. So it's like basically, I don't know, like what I do most of the time is like this down, down, up thing, like. Like this. And uh, I don't okay. know, like it just came naturally, actually. It's just it, it just was there at a point. That's really it sounds like a paradiddle, you know, that the drummers do. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying like, to pick that up when actually, you were playing like. It's very, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, being percussive, it's very drumming focused, but trying to, I was trying to figure out stupidly what you were doing. And now you just saying that it's down, down, up makes absolute sense. Um, yeah. So if anyone's watching or listening to this, that for me, that's just opened up a big, uh, a big world of at least how to uh, approach that. And you coming from James Hetfield of all people, I thought you were going to say something like Niles Rogers or, or something like that, some kind of funk influence. But to come from James yeah. Hetfield, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Someone someone in the chat just said it's like uh marrying flamenco with metal, <laughs> which basically is yeah. is what you're doing, right? Yeah, marrying flamenco with metal and doing it in a clean version at the start. Yeah, that's uh, that's the main idea behind it. And maybe like you you, you just said it, you know, like I'm a I, I love drums and I loved gospel chops and I always try to imitate fill-ins with but just playing it with a guitar, you know, it's basically just like drum fill-ins all the time. Like when I play licks, I don't know. It's just like small drum fill-ins in between. So yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this when you said you got bored easily earlier, because it, it sounds like that's, you know, you, you need to almost amuse yourself as, as a player. <laughs> and, I, and I mean, I that totally remember. is a compliment. Um, a, a totally is a compliment rather than me, I would rather sit back and, you know, relaxedly get to the next chord. But I, I can see from your personality that you, you're really trying to get as much in there. And, and from that um, kind of analysis, what I love about Rain, the recorded track, is it's really busy, but when you're singing and playing this riff at the same time, it's not um, it's not crowded. 
there's a lot going on but everything sits so beautifully together and i think that's an amazing uh production accomplish accomplishment thank you yeah um maybe it's why because you know like rain is a pretty technical riff but on the same side it's not you know because it's mm -hmm. actually something you are used to hear on the radio but not with the guitar that's the thing you know like imagine the or like remember the alicia keys song uh, i'm not quite sure what it is but it starts like with the piano arpeggio which kind of sounds like rain something like this something like that okay and it's just like you know like a piano arpeggio but it's just like yeah. dealing with harmonics and guitar So it's something you are actually used to hear on the radio, but it's not, you know, not not played by like not played by guitar. I don't know. Mm. What always strikes me whenever you play is how resonant everything is. You've got a very very clean and very precise uh, way of playing that stuff. It's very articulated, and even without using an amp, it kind of you know uh, jumps into our faces. It's very very articulated and very resonant. So that's that's. I mean. It's one thing to kind of have that approach, but also something to pull that off in such a clean way. You know, um, sometimes I call you like the the um, what's it called, like the one take wonder, because you're always like spot on when it when it comes to that. And I think that's also quite an achievement over the course of the last couple of years to be that precise and and spot on with with the playing. Yeah, this is something I you know practice a lot because um, I always say this like to guitarists in general or like to every every artist or like musician. Now, I think the key, like for me personally, doesn't have to be like with, with every musician, but for me, the key was to always record myself and to always, you know, be on the grid, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, I don't play music like, I don't know, you know, funk or jazz where you kind of have to be like a bit like after or like before it was always like for my, you know, for like the, the prog metal kind of thing. It was like mm -hmm. always on grid, you know, everything had, had to be perfect, like nearly like a robot, which is not my intention anymore, but it was back then. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe it was because of that time. Yeah. Hmm. So what's your intention now? What's, what's changed? Mm. Um. The, the perfect side of things changed, you know, because to play everything on grid or to play everything perfect, it's not vibey, you know, if you listen to rain, for example, uh, like after the second bar, the riff kind of falls apart before the grid, because it makes more sense with the drumming and the, with the vocals, because nothing is on time. Uh, I think more as a producer now than like a uh, someone who want, always wants to play tight. <laughs> okay. And is the is yeah. the playing tight? Is that a personal thing, or is it like a, a a pressure, an external pressure from like being on social media and being a modern musician and being young and growing up in an era where things are more perfected than they were mm, could be for me personally it's not that thing because i never felt like pressure to 
perform perfect in a way, but it was maybe a common thing because we are used or I was used to listen to perfect recordings all the time. So maybe that's maybe that's the case could be. So I, I just it reminds me in that this, you know, the, your situation reminded me of when I recorded uh, an EP in 2013. And I did my performance of singing and I did so many takes. And then I stayed up all night, putting it on the pitch grid, you know, using whatever pitch um, program I was using at the time, auto tune or something, just knocking off those little scents, not so it was always perfect, but certainly spending hours with those notes. And then I finally got yeah. some sleep and I woke up the next day and the rest of the band came in and they said, what have you done? It, it, it sounded, it didn't sound robotic. It didn't sound like Cher, but there was no life to it. There was no, as you said, there was, it was less vibey. Um, and I certainly felt uh, a pressure to, to be not perfect, but certainly within certain tolerances. And um, yeah. I've gone past that now. I, I, I even enjoy uh, singing under the notes. It, it sort of grabs the ear. Um, mm. <laughs> but it's it's a very dangerous world we live in right now musically because yeah. as you said at the beginning of this conversation there's there's less art than there was and for me it feels like the the requirement to create such a huge amount so quickly doesn't always leave space to be artistic and to really get deep with the song or the piece you're doing um i'd love to know your your feelings on that no perfect music anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding. Uh, but I, I actually wanted to say that I think the trend now is it's getting back. You know, everything sounds kind of more organic, natural, and not like 10 years, 15 years ago. You know, the beats like from, I don't know, like hip hop, R&B, whatever. It sounds like more, it's, it's more acoustic, more analog again. Uh, I think the voice sounds better than ever nowadays which is which is a good thing you know it always you know it always it depends on 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 your music taste or not music taste but uh the the music genre you know mm -hmm. when it comes to edm everything has to be like overproduced of course because mm -hmm. it has to you know it's it's the it's the energy but i think for pop music now it's it's going back to something which i like but you know, that's my that's only my music taste. I mean, Unprocessed are releasing singles, so obviously you're kind of addressing that at least the the behavior of the audience, how they listen to your music, has kind of changed and, and goes away from like purchasing an album and kind of dissecting every single song, or even consuming it as a whole to more like checking out single songs of bands that you like and and and. and it's more like a, a quick and, and a quicker and, and less comprehensive contact and communication with with the artist and with the music. How how do you feel about that? Do you still think that the the seriousness is still there with the music? It has just changed, or is it a different approach as an artist? How does it feel to you? I don't know. It's, I think it's 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 the same approach. It's just like not as heavy. Um, but. 
I don't know. Weird to say. Um, do you still do you still think that like music as a whole or music needs to be consumed as a as a full album? Or is, is a single track itself as a piece of oh, art that you mean, sufficient? That you sufficient. Means, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah this yeah, is something yeah. you mean. Okay, sorry. I, I didn't didn't catch it. Okay, so I don't know. Like, um, you know, we are living like in a very single-based area right now because, you know, we got the, those Spotify playlists and, and stuff, you know. Um, I think the, the, the major thing that changed throughout the whole history is the attention... Uh, What do you say in English? The attention, attention span. Uh, span. The attention span. span, yeah. Because, you know, everything is so quick now. You get, you, you open Instagram, you open TikTok, and those clips are like 15 seconds. And, um, you know, you got the same thing with music, you know, like a pop track or like a, a track that is, that is nice for the algorithm in Spotify has only two minutes. And that's an issue for sure because it kind of takes away the series of, seriousness of music because it's all about getting or like becoming sounds for tiktok to get the clicks mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. this is something i do not agree with but it, on the other side it's something that is good because you can be you, you can be heard everywhere now you can be like a small artist uploading something and you can go viral with it which is a good thing. So it is both, you know, but I think it's taking a bit like it, it, the, 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 the seriousness thing kind of is, you know, a bit shitty now, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, it comes with pros and cons. You, as, a, as an artist, yeah. you can get like your 50 seconds of, of, of viral attention uh, if you're like just posting a funny video it doesn't necessarily have to be super mm. artsy or anything like that but on the other hand it's also more of a challenge at least what i see when working with artists is more of a challenge to kind of stay relevant and and and, and stay like serious and, and get that kind of the whole artistic approach conveyed to the actual consumer to yeah. the listener yeah um you know people are not a myth people people are not a myth anymore that's that's the other thing Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you know everything about someone. You can hear everything right away. Uh, you just have to open your phone and it's every, <laughs> everything is there. So you get bored after a time. This is like, I wouldn't say my generation, but definitely the generation that grow up now is a generation that get bored all the time. Mm -hmm. and uh you know you can we sound a little music. bit like grumpy old men <laughs> we do i mean i, I always i said I always, anything i've said nothing i always i always <laughs> you know like i always try to to be like on the other side too because like in my opinion yeah. this generation opens up a completely new world and uh you know without that world i wouldn't be yeah. here for yeah. example okay so Absolutely. um we wouldn't be here right now it's Yeah, you can't. You can knock that's, it, but you can't knock it too hard. It... Yeah, that's that's the thing, and uh, you know, and I, I think it's something to do with the power of the internet. I think it's this amazingly powerful tool that we don't know what to do with it. It's like it's like we're 
playing we're literally gods with all this information if knowledge is power and mm-hmm. we're just being irresponsible with it and i hope that my, my kids are four and six and i hope by the time that they grow into their teens i hope things have calmed down a little bit that's not to say that i want to police the internet but rather mm-hmm. the way that we as human meat bags use it you know it, it's an amazing <laughs> tool but yeah. it's 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 like walking into a toy shop and being able to take anything you want because it's right there and if everything was free and it's you might forget some of the stuff that is actually good and i don't know i just think i mean it was posted in the comments that we live in a disposable society this day and it's somewhat true but there's something i wanted to bring up which is kind of a segue but kind of relates to what we're talking about and it was the new ABBA releases. Did either of you guys hear the new ABBA releases? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I recommend that you do. Um, <laughs> I, for me, one of them is phenomenal, and one of them is utter rubbish. It's awful. And the one that's phenomenal sounds like old ABBA. It, it's clearly using modern recording techniques, but it sounds okay. like 70s ABBA, and it sounds cool. The second track sounds like they've tried to sound like ABBA. And what really felt, filled me with joy was that not only there's these great songwriters, and I feel that ABBA are a band that can unite people that come from many genres. You know, from the, I have uh, metal friends who listen to ABBA, and I have country friends who listen to ABBA. And this new ABBA stuff for me sort of links into what you were saying, Manuel, that it's coming back around. Um, it, it seems less perfect. It seems more vibey, again, to use one of your words. And and yes, Brad Guitar Miller, I did say ABBA. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I, I, I think that if we're looking to the future, we could also look to the past and maybe there's some more artists that might resurface helping us accept that I think art is only art when it's not perfect. Otherwise, it's it's too scientific, mathematical. Mm-hmm. There is a place for for mathematics, but not in everything. Mm. Actually, the the music style for to some degrees, the music style that that is um, you know very known for that chaka chaka kind of thing is called math rock, which kind of is a juxtaposition to itself because rock was never like super straight on point and, and on the grid it was always a little bit laid back a little bit you know groovy um yeah but what i think that might be a good segue to to kind of uh, talk a little bit about like um some points in in manuel's career when when there was some some kind of con- uh, controversy and i don't want to necessarily go too much into detail about that i just want to kind of uh, bring up the point i'll kind of go deeper into how do you deal with being um in the center of attention of of a of a internet society or internet community that can some kind be very toxic and for the people that didn't get it at, at some point there was that big like uh topic where where some guitarists were kind of being accused of speeding up their stuff and kind of mimicking their stuff online and was it like a a storm in a water cup for for a couple of weeks and unfortunately, like Manuel was also kind of being targeted at because he posted a couple of videos that were not like, you know, recorded live. So rather dubbed. How how did you deal with with that around that time? Because I think at at some point it it kind of put you on the map for a lot of uh, for a lot of guitar players that not necessarily knew you before, 
mm -hmm. but it was also a, a, a kind of a turning point or very pivotal uh, moment because you kind of rose from ashes like a phoenix and, and you were like you came back even stronger and even more present and everyone basically knew who you were and what you were doing could you just like elaborate a little bit on on on, on that how, how did that hit you like when at first that 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 kind of feedback came across with a lot of hate and 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 that the toxicity how, how did you deal with that at that point yeah um so uh, we were on tour uh okay. we were on tour in the uk and uh i just you know i i noticed that there was something off because a lot of people commented like below my videos pretty nasty stuff okay yeah, yeah which was not nice i received a lot of messages and i received a lot of messages by what i thought back there were like social media buddies friends whatever like heroes i looked up to saying mean stuff to me online mm -hmm. and blocked or unfollowed me to that time and i didn't know what you know what was going on mm -hmm. and uh and um yeah i actually had no clue what was happening to that time but um then i founded some videos and i you know i people uh sent me links where someone and later like a lot more made a video about me mm -hmm. um maybe yeah yeah about me and you know saying that i yeah speed up my videos or whatever like uh mm -hmm. edit it afterwards and uh yeah trick people by selling my lessons to them to to play like that but they will never get there because it is all fake mm -hmm. that was basically the intention you know because people were thinking i was selling something that can never reached uh, mm -hmm. or never can never be reached and a lot of people like a lot of people who were like doing videos of them are like teacher themselves and they just wanted like the the uh intention was to um yeah saying that it's not you can never reach that kind of level so don't okay. trust yep. this guy and it's uh it's fake hmm. and uh that was like the first wave and i was like okay this is quite this this is pretty shit but it's okay i can deal with that you know i i i will do like live videos and prove that it's like all live and you know maybe yeah, like i had like videos pre-recorded back then and i still do it because why not uh, sure. sometimes yeah. not 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 always because you know like for me, as I started like social media, like I saw a lot of people doing that and I see a lot of people doing this right now, like even more than before. And for <laughs> me, it was like, it was like never, never a thing to, 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 I don't know, to, to shit on kind of, because it was, you know, completely normal for me to, to just present their ideas in maybe the most yeah. perfect way, because it's how yeah. the 
freaking world uh, works right now. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. For me, it was never a thing. But, you know, it's definitely something different. If you speed up your shit and get viral with it, okay, I can I can see that. But even if that's the point, which wasn't, it's still not the reason to put videos online seen by millions of people, you yeah, know, yeah. because you can never look in the other person's brain. You know, you don't know the mental stability of that kind of person. And imagine being a depressed guy, mm. you know, um, who takes this so seriously and think that the world is ending right now, you know, mm. <laughs> to be honest, this is why I never say names or never roast someone on the internet mm -hmm. because yeah. that's, you know, this would be a nightmare for me to know that someone is in real danger because of that kind of shit, you know, mm. this yeah. is really, this is really, this is, no, this is, you know, this is something, this is really my nightmare. Okay, so that was the first wave. And the second wave was uh, a big YouTuber that mentioned, you know, that put me in the thumbnail, uploaded a video, and it had like three millions, three million views Whoa. in like one or two, two days. Okay. And I was like, it was like the phase of it. And after that, I, oh, that, that was, that was hard because like my phone was like exploding. <laughs> um, I got like I got like messages by companies and by my like uh, by 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 friends who were saying like, dude, really? Okay. And I was like on tour. I was busy. I couldn't defend myself, so I was like in shock and I didn't talk at all for like two days. Oh wow! And um, yeah, I was like really in shock. And um, then companies and friends that knew that I was legit and not a fake guitar player or whatever. Um, they came to the show, talked to me, and, um, you know, they were like, okay, don't say a word, don't say something, just just maybe post a text on Instagram and um, say, say one thing and then end it completely. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, and... Uh, so I did that. Like I post something, something on Instagram that I like, uh, that it was never my intention to, 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 uh, and not like to, no, uh, to, to make people angry or something right. like that. You know, it was never my intention. Yeah. I just wanted to put all my ideas. I did pre-record some of my videos, but I never sped it up. Um, mm -hmm. it was just like, like I, I, I explained myself, which was maybe, you know, now I wouldn't do the same thing anymore, but like back then it was like healing for me because I knew that people understood. Um, so yeah, what did I do? Um, I did a lot of live videos. I posted live streams on the internet. I, um, put out even faster videos <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I slowly gained more attention, which was good, but actually that was not only my fault. It was a lot of luck um, yeah, yeah. because a lot of people were on my side. A lot of magazines were on my side, even more, you know, then like fans went to diehard fans 
and haters went to diehard haters. And so I don't know. The, the fans, <laughs> More polarizing, the fans, yeah. Yeah, it was like polarizing, but you know, the fans were like bigger. And, yeah. um, you know, I was to that time, then like the NAM show happened. I played at the NAM show. Then uh, we went on tour with like on our first big tour with Unprocessed and Polyphia. I made the video, we made the video with Polyphia together and I made the video with Tim. I made videos with, um, I, I went on the on the Shred collab by Jared Dines and all those kind of stuff, you know. I talked to a lot of uh, guys in Los Angeles who were saying like, oh bro, I'm so sorry. And uh, I talked to a lot of, you know, I talked a lot and I played a lot and I was myself even though like I always were like scared of talking to people because um, you know, for about like, I don't know, after this kind of shitstorm, you're like super afraid of doing something wrong. Um, mm -hmm. because I was like so anxious to to not do this anymore. And you know, like I was actually I was I was afraid of losing Ibanez as a company. Okay. Okay. Uh yeah, for sure. Because you know, um like when when it comes to like like it was it was just in my head you know um mm. because i think if there's like a shitstorm like that and you know you are a company and you have like your image going on then you don't want to have that but on the other side um like a company like ivan is support their artists and um so i quickly knew this was bullshit and you know, like companies stacked to me and was like super nice to have like those friends around and companies around and like to get the support. And uh yeah. now sometimes it's it's still a topic, but this is something like I can I can laugh about because like at first I got the attention by you know, imagine I would I would have done this fake kind of thing you know like i would sped up my videos and, and shit like that and always go grow faster on social medias i mean this is this is pretty much annoying for someone who's like working for 10 years and not mm -hmm. going bigger as as an as a guitar I, I get that i would be angry as well if someone like 22 years old grow so big <laughs> uh, in such a short time yeah yeah and you're playing like in front of I don't know this the same fans since 10 years ago or something like that or I don't know like I would be I would be I would be mad but I don't know like I'm not I'm not a jealous person and I never understood people that want to you know like they who wanted to see people on the on the ground can you see that I don't know I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. but yeah, they want to see it yeah down and throw you under the bus yeah. basically yeah, um, put you down. I yeah. always, I always admired that that you had that. And I don't know if that is, is something that came naturally to you, but that you had that kind of calmness, how to deal with that, and kind of rest within yourself to some degree. So um, that might have been a big plus point. But like from what you just told us, I can, I can totally see like the first blow where you said, okay, you know. That it's 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 going to get better, and then that second blow with the second video, and that hits millions and millions, and then you feel like, damn, what is going on? Is that kind of affecting my career? And, yeah, and I mean, next? it was it wasn't even that. Like I was super, I was, um, 
I was very sad because um, like at, at the NAMM show, like I saw a lot of people and I saw like someone who did the first video ever. And um, I looked him straight in the eyes and mm. I knew that he like recognized me because he started that shit mm -hmm. and he didn't say a word. Like he <laughs> didn't say a word and it was like, okay, wow. You're putting this up, getting getting thousands of clicks with, you know, a riv by me saying that I'm like a fake guitarist and you're like a yeah. you know, he's a he was like art like those guitarists were like they, they were all like great guitarists. Uh -huh. That's the thing. This is what like frustrates me the most because they shouldn't they should they they should knew it better like better. Hmm. But all of them like I don't care if it was like in Los Angeles or like even in Germany. When I saw them, they didn't talk to me. Like the people okay. who p uploaded those videos, you know, they didn't even ask me if it's why. Or they, 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 they didn't even say something like, yo, you piece of shit. Why are you like faking your guitar shit and speed up your videos? <laughs> yeah. Something like that, yeah. you know, but they didn't even like say a okay. word. This is like something that, It's so confusing for me, but because, you know, it kind of represents the the modern era because people are commenting like all the hate. But if mm. you are facing them face to face in person, they yep. cannot say a word. And no. this is funny because those guitarists are complaining about the modern generation. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I don't know. It is a weird topic. It was a weird topic, but I'm glad um, yeah. that everything turned out pretty well. I was super lucky and yeah. I'm so grateful, you know. Um, it's all about like uh, keeping up your work. It's yeah, all about yeah. like consistency and, you know, you have to show yourself. You have to like, I don't know. You're not nobody, even if, you know, you always have like friends. You always have like... yeah someone who's around and that's yeah. that's the most important thing and uh, let me just point out that you did sorry uh, that you did one of the the, the coolest things uh, where you kind of put that handstone glitch like that slogan and kind of yeah. turned that into a great merch item and i love that when it came out <laughs> so yeah. that was that i mean was it's, the right it's still answer. it's still a meme now you know like we got those yeah. shirts and um We got those shirts and uh, now the chick, chick, chick is still a meme. I don't know what, where it yeah. came from, but that one is <laughs> super cool. You know, I kind of play with it, uh, you know, without yeah. taking it too seriously, but without taking myself not too seriously as well, because, you know, I'm still like, I see myself still as like a professional musician and I don't want it to, mm. to be like a YouTube meme or whatever. But this yeah, is just yeah. like, this. these are just gimmicks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, can you imagine how much money you'd have to pay for that kind of coverage internationally? <laughs> you know, to to promote a latest single or a latest video or or a new signature guitar or something, you, no one would be, able, would be able to afford that, and it would be less authentic. So, uh, I I think you've done really well. I understand totally, and I, I thank you for bringing up the mental health issue because. Um, I yeah. I know people do not consider that as much as they should. And even on, on this channel, when I when I have someone write something to me that makes me feel bad, 
normally I ignore it, but sometimes I sometimes like the tenth one in a day might affect me, and I think well, I wonder what that person's coming from, you know. And, and I would love to write back, you know, stick it up your ass or something. But yeah, um, it, because it's you know pe you have a people point should of responsibility. Yeah, people should know it, yeah. and you know those those guitarists that made the first videos should know it better because um the most like most of them are guitar teachers by themselves and doing like lessons and master classes you know dialing with social media every day they should know something about the whole mental health thing mm -hmm. but i think like if you're so angry inside you that you want to put up a video like that there's something you know there's something wrong and it's up to them it's 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 not my problem it's yeah. you know it's not but it wasn't can I ask my problem. you, was amongst maybe not all those guitarists that were listed on these videos by these people, was there some cases, were, sorry, were there some cases of people speeding up their guitars and you just weren't one of them? Or how do you feel about the other ones that were mentioned? And you don't have to mention names, of course, but were you just uh. in with a bunch of other players that were gaming the system? Uh, no, I don't know. But like, if I would know, I wouldn't say a name because. No, I know you because, wouldn't. Because, but, but you understand uh, the but question. But no, like... actually, but actually, no, I don't know a single guitarist that speeds up his videos. Maybe like I saw some videos that kind of looked fishy, but my videos looked fishy as hell because I was like filming with like a old Huawei phone, and it, I don't know, it's it's you know frame rate and kind of stuff, you know, hmm. uh, but. You never know, you know, you never know. Like, in, even if, I don't care. Yeah. I really don't care. Sure. And people shouldn't care. And, uh, but, um, you know, like most of, most of the players, like I know most of the players weren't that affected. And uh, some of them, most of them like did pre-record their videos like everyone does but never like not a single one who were like mentioned in those videos actually sped up the videos in my opinion mm. i don't know maybe they did mm. but like i said i don't care yeah i think it's also a matter of the expectation because people always want uh, perfect perfect uh videos and that kind of perfectionism is is kind of driving people nuts to some point but on the other hand, whenever you, whenever you kind of uh, put out something that is that is less than perfect, you will get uh, criticized anyways. So you lose either yeah. this way or the other way. Yeah. So yeah. So what's what's the ideal solution? And I I still I think I've 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 told that anecdote uh, previous episodes before. Um, a couple of years ago, when I was when I was playing a live band, we were we were playing gig and. We were like a four-piece band, and we were playing playing the song, and it sounded good. It was all right. And then someone came to us and said, "Well, it doesn't sound quite like on the CD." I looked him in the eyes and said, "Yeah, that's the point because that's live, and on the CD you've got 16 layers and you've got an orchestra and all that stuff. So we are singing like several voices in in four-piece band. What do you expect?" And I think that mm -hmm. kind of weird expectation of people is 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 like the main issue why why sometimes um, those worlds kind of collide. You know, you. I would never expect only a hundred percent, or accept only a hundred percent from people, because nobody's perfect. And even as a musician, especially on the guitar, it's such a 
it's such a tricky instrument to kind of be very, very precise and always kind of be a hundred percent because it's, it's, it's kind of bitchy when it comes to tuning, when it comes to how you play and everything. It's not like a perfect instrument, like the piano, if you get mm -hmm. what I mean, you know, the yeah, guitar sure. is kind of hard. It's kind of hard to master. So, so where's the point in expecting a perfect, perfect result? There's no point in that because it's like, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a process and mistakes are just human. And uh, if, if you can't accept that, then you are probably not even accepting yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Sure. Totally makes sense. I do think that um, I, I think we should move on, but there's there's yeah. there is something that there's a. I think one of the main things was the danger of like not experienced guitar players that could see what was being done and and recognize techniques etc. But beginner guitar players thinking they could never reach that level of physicality, let alone musicality. Yeah. Um, and I think what you've done by uh, going live and, and doing all this live stuff really does firstly it's the ultimate answer to that problem because you're alive <laughs> and you've done it today on this show in in part one because we're in part two now but um <laughs> i think you've gone from maybe being the poster boy of um faking it for people to the poster boy of showing that it can be done um so there are some young players or some beginner players that can actually see it being achieved right in front of them and i, I applaud that that's 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 the ultimate thing for me is to to stand up there and and show it um and now if anyone has no more to say on that subject i'd like to talk about nirvana <laughs> okay okay <laughs> i am a huge nirvana fan kurt cobain is the reason i picked up guitar brian may was the reason i loved guitar but i never thought i could uh, reach that level of playing um, and in one of your videos recently or fairly recently you did a Smiles Like Teen Spirit oh, um, yeah. thing you are the only person in the world that has ever covered that song that made me feel that it wasn't shit I, I love what you did and I'm not Ooh, just really? saying that because yeah like Tori Amos did a version <laughs> and someone always takes something away from Smiles Like Teen Spirit it's like, it's like for me it's the perfect recording of that perfect song and it, it just can't be changed like stairway or bohemian rhapsody it just can't be changed and yet when i saw your your video i was like damn he's actually added to teen spirit rather than taking away from it and i think what you've done was i don't know if it was just throwaway or it was live and you'd rehearsed it but i just wanted to tell you as a as a fan of that video i think it's brilliant really that's so nice because i hate it <laughs> um, why because you know okay so the thing is um like those clips um uh i do like live streams on youtube and people you know like every time someone becomes a member he can like suggest a song and i'm going to play it in my style and he suggested uh yeah smells like scenes by, by nirvana and it was like uh, okay so it's a thing it's the game it's the rule i should play that but i was like before the video and this is this is not in the in the clip i said those riffs cannot be redone like i did uh come as you are i did like stay away to heaven and today i uploaded a version of every breath you take okay 
Okay. Uh, so, and I always say that, like, those riffs cannot be redone because it will never sound the same. It's always the perfect interpretation. And then, like, I play that. And I was like, after that, I was like, I should do something different. And, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that you like it. Uh, you know, maybe it's like, it's like, smells like teen spirit. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's it's just like the new teen spirit my teen spirit my right hand thing spirit from it's just that riff. for me Maybe, it's, it's so far away from the original and the original and the whole grunge movement was about minimalism and you know playing less rather than playing more and you went so far off the scale of of what the original player intended <laughs> that it, it came back to being like equally as awesome for me as but but i what i mean what I, I think this this is the compliment i can give you is that i was not a guitar player when i listened to that i was a music listener and very rarely do i get to experience the joy of just listening to something and not going hmm that's an f chord or you know it mm. i just listened i was like okay nailed it so yeah that that's that's my interpretation and your interpretation, but yeah, I Thank think it's you. brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's You're very, really very nice. welcome. Thank you. Um, yeah. And as Dan and I always say, we're trying to spread positivity on the show. And I do that on this, this YouTube channel as well. Doesn't mean you always have to be nice, but it does mean that you have to find the joy in, in everything because you've got to take people's mental health into consideration. And as you said, including the people that posted the videos about you, we're all fighting our own battles, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I was like, I was in a, in a different state like a few years ago. So I know how to like, I know the, the whole mental health thing, you know? So yeah, this is, this is something we all should consider. And, you know, like the whole, youtube tiktok reaction kind of thing you know it's not it's not for me because you never know and um i think it should be considered and it should be talked about more uh, mm -hmm. in this in social media and this is not because i want to sound like a grumpy old man it's just because we are all humans and this should be a thing yeah yeah, yeah. well sometimes grumpy old men just happen to be telling the truth you know, they just yeah. sound grumpy because it's something we don't want to hear. But um, <laughs> the viewers of this channel and many of the people in the chat right now are also big supporters of mental health. And um, for me, as a, as a YouTuber, as this is my job, I could grow a lot quicker. I could make obscene amounts of money if I dropped the things that I believe in. But I, I can't do it. I have to sleep at some point. And I'd rather grow slower and grow stronger. Um and it seems to be working because I'm enjoying what I do. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, I'm very self-reflective. And, yeah, I know the people that watch this would... If I upset one of the regular viewers by doing something that was, uh, to use a modern term, off-brand, um, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Yeah, off-brand. Out of character is, is, the, yeah. is the word I was looking <laughs> for, the term. Um, yeah. yeah, it's I just... It's just easier to be nice, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, there's that grumpy old man again. <laughs> I mean, it's sometimes. It, yeah, for me, sometimes it's not easy to be nice. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know. Like, sometimes I don't know. Really, is it easier to be nice? 
It can sure. be because if you don't feel it, you just don't let it get past that that thick skin, you know. So you can just say you can just be pleasant, but just don't get emotionally involved. Sometimes that's, that's something I've learned from running okay, a yeah. YouTube channel yeah. is to not. What was the? This, don't take criticism from for someone you wouldn't take advice from. Is is a is a term that oh, someone explained to me. Yeah. Um, and my channel and and me as a person, I went through many different levels of. Uh, negative comments and for me it was a while ago like two years where my channel was starting to break out of a beginner channel where people were just leaving nasty stuff about my playing and my personality and my hair and my face and my clothes and anything you know and even though my channel is not huge it's certainly bigger than it was and people stopped doing that it's almost as if they said oh he's got 45,000 subscribers now he must be good you know, it, it's he's got four thousand. Let's kill him. You know, it's let's. He can't get any bigger than that. It was. It's a very strange personal journey, and I've, a lot of people that I've spoken to have had the same thing. That when you reach a certain point, um, people leave you alone. Yeah. Mm. For and how long is this channel active now? Uh, it's five years. Oh, but really, four years, depending on how you look at it. I, I accidentally opened the channel, so. I mean, it's it's not long if you, no, if you count the no, whole no. YouTube career as like one. It's not long. Yeah. That's that's pretty. That's pretty. It's pretty decent. Yeah, that's pretty nice. No, well, um, a very clever man once said to me that numbers are just leverage. Isn't that right, Dave? Hey. Yep. Props to Dave Weiner from Steve Vai's yeah. band. Yeah. 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 Numbers are just um, leverage. Yeah, that's true. That's actually yeah. true. Like. And like especially in this uh, modern world you know like you can gain like 200,000 uh, followers in like one night but you can be mm -hmm. forgotten in one week then so that that's that, the point that's substance Sub Sub sustainable yeah. growth and substance yeah you, if you have 100 if you have 1000 very loyal fans that's sometimes much worth much more than having 100,000 fans that are gone by tomorrow or the day after tomorrow absolutely yeah. so I, I don't want to, to wrap up this episode without talking about uh, what's behind you and, and the, the whole art that is kind of vibing with the latest unprocessed releases. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about, uh, about that? And what, what's in the background? It looks like a painting. Is that right? Right above your head? Yeah, it is a painting. It's a little Easter egg. Do you mind if I oh. put you full screen? So if I can do that, hang on. Yeah, I take Dan yeah. away. Dan, you're away. And then, I'm, can you I'm, want to explain to us what the painting a... was? There we go. What? What's the Easter it's... egg? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I have to jump back in because when we're off screen, Dan, only Manuel can hear us. The public can't hear us. So All right. they didn't know All what right. we were asking him. But Dan was asking okay. him what the Easter egg is and didn't want to say. Uh... <laughs> No, no, not really. But it's an Easter egg, and you will and you will get it pretty pretty soon. You will get it on the. Uh, I cannot say that shit. Um, yeah, pretty soon, pretty soon. All right. oh, they, okay. they did hear us. I apologize. Sorry, they did hear us. All right. Well, we, but, we can yeah, maybe like, we can maybe solve the mystery on the Insta channel then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's in, a, nice. in a few weeks. In a in a few weeks for sure. Um, All right. But um, yeah, you know, like um, we are having this cool um, 
paintings as the single covers um, painted by my best friend uh, Jackie. She's uh -huh. uh, she's my best friend, and she paints the, those uh, 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 artworks. Okay. And uh, yeah. I gotta um, say, ter terrific work. It even makes it more stand out. Absolutely, it's not just a single release. It's it's also like a single release plus a, a a piece of art on top of that. It's like you know, icing icing on the cake basically. That's that's very artsy and very cool to, to see you kind of also like work with your friends that that have a, a similar desire to create something, but not necessarily music, but but art or paintings in that in that regard. Yeah, abs so, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's super absolutely cool. and it's you know it, it fits to the music so everything's it's, it's pretty cool like even like those clothes and the music videos or like the 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 art itself or i don't know yeah it all fits which is which is super cool and um yeah question question shall we shall we have jackie paint a guitar oh <laughs> you mean refinish a guitar paint on the guitar Maybe yeah, paint, or, paint on the I mean guitar. I mean yeah, yeah. is it is it is it is it possible to do like yeah. something like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should do yeah. it like maybe we should do it for my custom eight string. Huh. You need like a you need like a bare like guitar that's just got the primer on it. So you either have to remove the finish or you, you just take a guitar that's not been finished right straight from the factory. Just got the primer, it, then you apply apply the color. So is it Jackie you, Brown? Because Jackie's in the chat. Yeah. yeah. Hey Jackie, love you. What you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they just asked me about the painting uh, behind my hat, and it was like I cannot say something about it because it's an Easter egg. So, <laughs> can she paint over a Santana logo? I'm pretty sure she can do that. <laughs> That's really funny. But it would be, but it would be a PRS guitar, so I'm <laughs> probably not going to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice one yeah jackie great great paintings uh great job and uh like i said it just adds it's even more to to the overall appearance of of being art music as an art form and and the paintings too so that's super cool absolutely yeah well i want to say and, and finish this episode off by saying i don't have enough time to have a new band in my life but damn you i'm gonna have to find some time because now i saw rain the video and i'm gonna have to start checking out the rest of your stuff because yes. it's really really good it's really appealing to me and i don't know what's happening to me so yeah and with jackie's art as well and everything coming together i like the little collective you have and i like the the family family feeling that's going on um even if it is in shitty berlin so <laughs> I think it's not so bad. But yeah, thank not you so bad. much for yeah. joining us tonight, man. And thank you for coming back for part two. I apologize about the, the world. Uh, no ending, worries. Thank you certainly. so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess what what's yeah. the future from you? Like, final question. What's the future for you and your band coming up? To make as much music as we can. And, and uh, the guys are booked. You're booked for next year already. Uh, yes, we are booked. Something. Can you fill us in about a couple of dates? Do you have Do you have them? 
Uh, again, right available. Cannot, Off the cuff. This is yeah. this you is can, so shitty. I cannot say something like I cannot talk <laughs> to you. I cannot talk open about everything, which is ah, it's, it's all right. So can you can it, you name like countries or can you just say yeah you're going to tour or yeah we are going I mean, to tour a lot we are going to tour a lot um like okay for now I'm I know that like I can say this you know uh I can I can say that I'm like uh hundred days away next year holy shoot yeah that's a lot um a lot of tours a lot of festivals and um yeah this yeah it's going to be it's going to be really exhausting exciting and not boring <laughs> which leads us straight Good. to the very beginning Good. yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, well um, thank you to the people watching and listening live thank you for joining us back for the second part if you're listening to the audio version then you've missed Manuel's beautiful face and of course Dan's face and my face so come and watch us on the YouTube as well but Dan yeah. are you going to ask people to do something yeah of course if you enjoyed this episode give us a 5 star ratings iTunes and like comment and subscribe on Andy's channel and hope to see you soon next week for episode 53 of the Guitar Stories podcast Manuel, thanks so much for joining us for tonight's episode. Andy, it was a pleasure as always. And all right, uh, guys. Yeah, see you all next week. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Here's my, bye -bye. Here's my affiliate links. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>